You're listening to the Healthy and Thriving Career Moms podcast, where every week you will learn about healthier habits and hacks to create and support a healthy and thriving lifestyle as a busy mom. I'm your host, Wendy, and I truly believe that the best gift you can give to your family and the world is a healthy, thriving you. Let's dive in. lovely and welcome to today's episode where we are getting stuck into the topic of sleep. Now, I know this is quite a sensitive one when it comes to busy mums, working mums, because it is something that is so elusive to us. I saw this quote the other day, which made me chuckle, which says, some days I'm so tired, I can't sleep. And I don't know about you, but I've definitely been there. And I saw another one that did make me chuckle some more, which says, I don't want to sleep like a baby. I want to sleep like my husband. And isn't that so true? I mean, what is it about being a mum where you're just tuned into every single sound and you're the one that gets up in the middle of the night and gets woken up? I had that last night with my five-year-old. She came through telling me she was cold and we need to change her PJs. And by the time we did all that and I got back into bed, I sat there staring at the ceiling for half an hour trying to get back to sleep. And so this morning when I woke up, I was so groggy and you just think, I love my child. I love my child. I love my child. But honestly, guys, it's so much more than just maybe not sleeping that well every now and then. But if you find yourself consistently sleep deprived, there are going to be some serious health consequences, which is what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, I just wanted to paint the picture on some of the core jobs your body is doing while you sleep and why they're so important. Now, some of these you might know, some of these might be new information to you and you might think, oh gosh, I didn't realize that. And that was it for me. When I really started to delve into sleep and looking at how that really factored in my overall health, I realized how important sleep was. And I've actually been on such a journey with sleep the last few years. I'm a self-confessed night owl. Getting off to sleep isn't the easiest for me because my brain's always going at a million miles an hour and I want to do all the jobs and all the things or want to stay up and watch all the Netflix. So I've had to work really hard on cultivating good sleep habits. And it was actually a book that I read a few years ago by Ariana Huffington, which spoke about the sleep revolution and just how as a society, we are so sleep deprived. We're actually walking around in such almost like a drugged state. You know, they actually say that it is more dangerous to drive tired than it is to drive under the influence. And I know that I've been there. I've had a few sort of close calls as a mother where I've been so sleep deprived up all night with the baby or, you know, had a period of disturbed sleep and I've been driving along and I actually feel myself getting sleepy or even have like nodded off for that second. I'll admit it. I'm not perfect. That's happened to me. And it really put the fear of God in me to think, right, sleep is an absolute fundamental. And I know there's situations where we can't help our sleep being affected, but then I also think, our lifestyles nowadays are not helping the sleep thing. And that's why notwithstanding the circumstances we can't work out because life takes over, it's actually the stuff that we can affect. And that's really what I'm going to talk about today. So let's get stuck into those important jobs. So number one, your brain is sorting information. And why this is so important is because this is how long-term memories are created. So even if you just think of all those special moments with your child and Maybe if you find yourself being quite forgetful or not remembering things very often, it could be that because you're not sleeping well enough or you're not getting that quality sleep, your brain isn't actually able to sort information. Number two is your hormones go to work. 
there are a multitude of hormones that get released while you sleep. And these hormones assist in many processes, including regulating your sleep, repairing, growing muscles, and controlling your appetite, which is why when you have had a bad night's sleep, you are so hungry the next day and you want to reach for all the naughty things that you know are just going to actually make you feel more groggy and tired. But it's because your body is really craving that hit of insulin, that sugar kick that is going to give you the energy to keep going. Number three is your immune system releases cytokines. So these cytokines help your body fight trauma, inflammation, and infections. So it's not a secret that when we're overtired, we all know we're more susceptible to getting sick. Case in point, we've had a number of nights now disturbed with my little girl. We're really trying to work hard on getting her to stay in her bed at night, but that is causing us a lot of disrupted night sleep. And yeah, my husband woke up this morning. He said, oh, scratchy throat. Here we go. And that's because we know he's not been getting enough sleep. Now, I've recently got over that which shall not be named on this podcast. <laughs> and so, yes, I know how it feels to be run down and get that and just not feel good in yourself. So no one wants to feel that way. So let's make sure that we are giving our immune system a fighting chance with good quality sleep. Number four are our moods. So when you're sleeping, your brain is processing your emotions. So when you're not getting enough sleep, you have more negative thoughts and emotional reactions and mental health issues are strongly linked to poor quality sleep. So things like depression, anxiety, those kind of things can really be triggered. And I know for a lot of other sort of mental disorders like ADHD, sleep is such a key thing for managing that. And so just think like when you've not had enough sleep, something so what seems so insignificant can trigger you. And you can absolutely, I mean, I had it the other day, my daughter wouldn't get ready. And I was saying, put your shoes on, put your shoes on, put your any, can anyone relate? And I found myself shouting at her. And it was like, I was so embarrassed because my mom was standing right there. And I, she didn't say anything, but her almost being like, Wendy, that was an extreme reaction for the fact that she wouldn't put her shoes on. And you, oh, all the mom guilt that comes with that. But that was because I was feeling so tired in that moment that I just lost my shizzle. <laughs> so we don't want that. We don't want to have our moods all over the place. Number five is improved concentration and productivity. So as I said earlier, that reduced sleep can have a similar effect to being drunk. And also that poor concentration, lack of coordination, lack of motivation, reduced memory, brain fog, problem solving skills, just really difficult to name just a few. So sleep is going to help improving all of that. Number six is cortisol levels decrease. And this is important because it is known as the stress hormone, that's cortisol. And this drop in cortisol really assists us in managing stress. So if you're going through a particularly stressful period in your life, say you've got a lot on with work, a lot on with your personal life, whatever it is, often you end up sacrificing sleep because you've got so much to get done. The problem is that stress builds up in your system, that cortisol hormone builds up in your system like water in a bath. And if you don't unplug the bath, as in go to sleep so that it can process that stress, it's going to overflow and bad stuff's going to happen, basically. <laughs> Moods, all the things we've talked about, illness, that kind of thing. So really, that, and the long-term fatigue and the mum burnout that can come from that is you know, a lot more chronic and serious. And finally, number seven, your sympathetic nervous system gets a break. 
And so why is that important? Well, essentially, it controls your fight or flight response. So there's research that shows that decreased sleep increases activity in your sympathetic nervous system and your blood pressure. And this in turn affects your ability to control your stress levels as well as increase your risk of heart disease. So if that isn't enough of a reason to really work on your sleep routine, then I don't know what is. (laughs) But I know you might be thinking it's all good and well to talk about this, but you might be in a season of your life right now where sleep is eluding you. Maybe you have a newborn or a child that's going, you know, having nightmares or night terrors or is bedwetting, or maybe they're older and they're teenagers and they staying, you know, keeping you up till all hours because you're worrying about them coming home or whatever it is, you always are going to have a stage of your life that you're going through. So these tips and strategies that I'm about to share with you, I just want to say, take this in the context of your life right now. If you're in a newborn stage, grab as much as you can, whenever you can, and obviously take these tips and apply them to your life stage. Ultimately, the objective should be to improve the quality of your sleep by introducing some healthy habits. And this will allow you to increase the quality of your sleep. And if you can get more consistent sleep, especially if you are at that stage right now where you really need to have sort of radical transformation in your sleep routines. If you feel like I'm actually talking to you right now, you feel really convicted of some of the things that I've been saying, you know, this is the thing that you need to work on. All the other healthy habits, nutrition, uh, well-being, gut health, time management, all that kind of thing. I really believe all of it comes to the linchpin of sleep. So before I share those, these are going to be my six go-to strategies to help you prioritize sleep. I just want to draw your attention to my Thrive in Five course. Are you ready to start or reset your healthy habits, but maybe you're short on time or you're just not sure where to start? You're exactly the person I created my Thrive in Five mini course for. Reset your healthy habits in just five minutes a day so you can start to thrive in all aspects of your life and health. And the best part is it's totally free to get it. Go to wendygriffith.co.uk forward slash thrive and five or go to the link in my show notes for more information. Right, back to today's show. Right, so back to my helpful tips to help you prioritize your sleep. So first up, I am going to challenge you to go tech-free before bedtime. Now, I know this is a tip that people say all the time, but I'm going to help you with this one, okay? So I have spoken about this on a few of my podcast episodes now, about the blue light of screens and how that is literally messing with our sleep routines and how that blue light is actually blocking the melatonin, which is the sleep hormone that gets released in your body, which makes you feel tired, especially now as we're coming more into summertime. So I'm recording this in May of 2022. So we're in the UK, especially we experience really long days. I mean, there's five hours more light now than there was in the middle of winter. So our body gets a little bit confused by that because not just a few months ago, it would get dark at four o'clock and your body would naturally with the decreased light start to wind down. Whereas now, if it's staying light until nine, 10 o'clock at night, your body's really confused. I mean, if anyone's trying to put kids to bed in the summertime here in the UK, you'll know the struggle is real where we're saying, yeah, I know it's light outside, but it's nighttime. So if you think about that happening with the lights from the screens and we're staying up late and why is it that you keep wanting to flick to the next episode, go, 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 because you know 
because your body has gone, oh, I'm awake, I'm awake. Whereas actually, if you put on a simple thing like a pair of blue light glasses, which you can literally buy on Amazon for $9.99, that is going to help block the blue light, which means if you pop those on an hour before your bedtime, so say your goal is to go to bed at 10 o'clock and you pop those on at nine o'clock, by 10 o'clock, I promise you, you will be feeling sleepy. You will be feeling ready to go to bed as opposed to not wearing them. And that is just such a simple little tip. But honestly, see how that helps you. Because if you get in the scroll hole at nighttime, you get into bed, you've come upstairs, you've brushed your teeth, put your PJs on, you've got into bed, and then you get on your phone and you scroll. I mean, I'm just not going to tell you how much that's going to affect you. My strategy is to turn my phone on airplane mode and I leave it on the other side of the room because what that also is going to double whammy me on is in the morning when my alarm goes off and I have to get up and walk across the room and turn it off. And then when I'm up, I'm like, well, I'm up now. You know, there's no point in getting back into bed. I just keep walking straight to the bathroom, splash my face with cold water. So two tips of the price of one there. And I even have activated app alerts on my phone as well. So at nine o'clock at night, my phone goes into, I suppose, like a sleep time mode. And it doesn't come back on until seven o'clock in the morning, which means that obviously my alarm will work, but it just, it's not that trigger of notifications or things distracting you. So I know that, okay, even if I am sitting watching the telly with my hubby, or that is where my focus is and it's not getting distracted by phones and notifications. Tip number two is to avoid big meals, fatty and spicy food before bed. So given your body needs about two to three, maybe even four hours sometimes after dinner to process what it's eaten before heading to bed, that's what you need to consider. Otherwise, it's spending most of its time while you're sleeping, digesting food rather than focusing on other important functions, which I've already shared it needs to be doing. So if you do need a snack, go for something light. So so actually last night I was feeling quite peckish. So I made myself a small little bowl of popcorn, stove popped popcorn. I love it. It's the cheapest, healthier snack that you can do. And that for me was like, okay, just something light. And then I'm not affecting my sleep rhythms too much. Number three is a pre-bedtime routine. And I have actually done a whole podcast episode on this called Evening Routine. It was episode four of season two of the Healthy and Thriving Career Moms podcast. So check it out. But just very quickly, in case you haven't listened to this, we all know how important routine is for our kids, especially before bedtime. So why do we not include ourselves in that process? So give yourself, I know for me, I've got to give my daughter a lot of time to wind down and get her ready through the process of a a bath or a shower. And then there's reading time. And then I know she doesn't go to sleep straight away. She might sit and read once I've left the room. And so think about all that and how that relates to you. So when someone says to me, on my bedtime, I go up to bed at 11 and I sleep until six. So I get like six, seven hours, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, but do you go to sleep straight away? I mean, some people do, my husband does, but if you're like me, I need to read, wind down. So I used the 30 minutes or so before bed to wind down by doing things like choosing my clothes for the next day or putting my workout gear out. So I have to trip over it and fall into it on my way out (laughs) of bed in the morning, or I doing my beauty routine or just mentally closing off my day with a brain dump. Number four is monitor caffeine and alcohol intake. So caffeine obviously affects your ability to fall asleep. And you may notice this more as you get older. I almost never have caffeine after 3 p.m because this really can affect my circadian rhythms. So those sleep rhythms that I've really carefully cultivated and worked to. Alcohol also affects the quality of your sleep. So 
yes, have your glass of wine, but perhaps be mindful of your intake close to bedtime. Why is it that you notice when you go, and I've just had this recently, I'm in the year of celebrating people's 40th birthdays. So we've had quite a lot of late nights and celebrating 40s. And what I tend to find if I am out and I am having a few drinks is I will stop drinking at say 10 o'clock and switch to water because I know that the closer I drink to bedtime, the more disrupted my sleep is actually going to be. Why is it that when you do have those big nights, you actually find you wake up in the morning so tired, so groggy because your body hasn't been able to sleep properly. So that's something to be mindful of. Number five is your bed should be for sex and sleep. I said it. Yes, I did. I firmly believe that our bodies respond well to mental associations and having a strong connection to your bed is important. And having that safe space in your room that your brain and body associates with relaxation, wind down time. So I personally do not advocate for having a TV in the bedroom or having that on just before falling, you know, going to bed or falling asleep with the TV on because this leaves our brain processing noisy information rather than processing the day. So that's just my personal opinion. And you may not agree with that, but I just think there's been so much research done. And, you know, they're talking about the epidemic that exists with teenagers nowadays because they're sitting on their phones, staying up late to all hours of the morning, scrolling on their phones. And it's just that blue light. It's just in our brains. It's just not helping us. And finally, number six is movement. So movement or exercise during the day really promotes good sleep. But rigorous exercise before bed is really not something I'd recommend. So when I say movement, I mean walking, dancing, playing with your kids, doing Pilates or whatever floats your boat. I personally love a good HIIT workout. And I also have recently in the last couple of years fallen in love with paddleboarding, which is something I love to do more in the summer months than the winter months here in the UK. But find something that you enjoy doing. And, you know, there's no surprise the association with how well you sleep to when you've had a day where you've done some great movement and exercise. So that's just a tip I would highly, highly recommend. Look guys, quality sleep is achievable. And really when we realize just how important it is, we really should prioritize our sleep. But as always, I'm not about boiling the ocean. Be realistic about what is achievable to begin with. Start implementing those two to three healthier sleep habits Don't try to do all the things I've suggested. Just pick one or two that you can implement. And remember, I always say progress over perfection. Life is still going to happen, but a little consistency will make a big difference. So I hope that's helped you today. And I look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm so grateful for you. If this episode has resonated, make sure you visit wendygriffith.co.uk to discover more of my content and my fantastic free resources to support you in thriving. Or if you'd like to continue the conversation further, drop me a DM by Instagram at wendygriffithlivehealthy. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep thriving. Keep thriving.